Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, how you doing? It's the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. 61 degrees with some light rain outside at 309 on this Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Lots going on today. A lot of movement in Washington, um, which is kind of unusual since they don't do much down there at all except screw things up. But uh, you could say that they're that's what they're doing now as well. You have the uh, Hunter Biden testimony, and again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin it for you. It, it, there's not gonna be much out of this. Um, you know, you'll have each side coming out with their talking points. You'll have the Democrats saying, "Oh, there was nothing here, and this is just attack by Donald uh, Donald Trump's surrogates uh, to uh, get at Joe Biden." And you're gonna have the Republicans saying, uh, "You know, there's a lot of there there." nothing's going to come of this now. Even if they found a smoking gun, there's not a Justice Department that is going to go after the Biden family, and that includes Hunter for the most part. Uh, you know, he's got his his little uh, legal issues that are being worked out. We already saw that their willingness to make that go away with, uh, with um, some plea deals that were taken and then withdrawn or not taken, uh, depending on who you listen to. So at this point in time, whatever Hunter says in there, and I think a lot of it's going to be pleading the fifth, but we'll see. I mean, he did have an initial statement that was put out uh, on paper that's uh, spreading on the Internet. I really didn't give it too much validity because, like I said, it's this is really not going to be of substance. It's, it's going to give talking points to both sides, but in the end, nothing's really going to be done. He's a dirtbag that did dirtbag type things and, uh, you know, because of who he's related to. Where you're going to see things, and I'm glad they're doing this. Uh, you know, this don't get me wrong about not doing this. I, I think they should be. He's, he's under oath. I think they should be getting these statements because Democrats have set up a rule. Democrats have set up, uh, you know, the, the, the precedent to where down the road, could be a couple years from now, could be many years from now, they're gonna there's gonna be a Republican prosecutor, a Republican DA, a Republican in the Justice Department that's gonna go after. And and I don't think it's gonna go after Joe Biden. I think he's gonna be far past his uh I mean he's far past his his mental capacity now. So I, I don't think there's gonna be any thing there, but there will be for his brother, there will be for other family members in the Biden administration, and they will be targets as we move forward in the future, because that, those are the rules that have set up. Those are the new Robert's rules of, of engagement when it comes to politics, as far as the Democrats are concerned. So that's going to happen. So it's a good thing they're getting this on the record. It's a good thing they're getting these statements, because sooner or later down the road, there will be someone who will prosecute someone in the Biden family for this. Uh, I don't expect it now. Don't expect it during this term. It's not going to be any smoking gun to make Joe Biden leave office. Uh, I think his mental co cognitive uh, lack of ability will do that for us. I don't think you'll need any sort of um, shenanigans from his drug addict son, who uh, is, is an expert in art, is an expert in uh, world uh, energy policy and everything else. But everything revolved around his father. And his father was the brand. It's very easy to see that. All the shell companies, everything that was set up. But... but don't fool yourself. Don't think and wait, oh, there's going to be something. You know, there's going to be something. There's not going to be anything. Now, anyway. But thanks to the rules, just like when they set up the nuclear option under Harry Reid when it came to Supreme Court justice nominations and appointments, um, they're going to regret what they've done the past two years, the past three years, 
in the future. And if it's Joe Biden's brother, if it's his nieces, his nephews, his daughter, Hunter Biden himself, or whoever. Uh, you know, if, if if Hunter Biden reaches some sort of deal, yes, double jeopardy will not be in there, but they will we'll prevent some prosecution, but there'll be other things. So uh, I think that's what we get out of that. You also have uh, Leader Mitch McConnell, the head of the Senate for the GOP, announcing today he is stepping down from leadership. Let me... And the mere fact that I was listening to some people and talking to some people offline myself and listening to some news, there was absolutely no leak of this. There was nothing on the Internet saying that this was coming. We all knew Mitch McConnell's days were numbered. I mean, he he blanked out a couple times giving speeches over the past year or two. Uh, He is well past his time of serving um, actively in the Senate, and he's kind of just been there. But nothing, so so it's no surprise that he is either stepping down or leaving Congress. And here he's not leaving the Senate. He is stepping down from leadership only at this point from what he says. I think due to his health and, and if it continues in the way it has been going and just his mere age. I mean, he's a poster child for term limits, no doubt. Nothing in Washington happens by accident. You You need to understand that. Now, the timing of this is very suspect. The fact that he was at the White House yesterday, very suspect. The fact that after the White House meeting with the Big Four, which was Senator Chuck Schumer, Majority Leader in the Senate, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Speaker of the House Johnson, and Minority Leader in the House Hakeem Jeffries met with the President of the White House. If you followed that after that meeting, Senator Chuck Schumer and Representative Hakeem Jeffries came out lockstep next to each other and spoke to the press, gave their statement on what was going on. After that, you had Speaker of the House Johnson come out and speak by himself, Mitch McConnell not at his side. Were there other meetings going on? Was Mitch McConnell meeting with Joe Biden? My take and my take only. And I've put it out online, I've I've let it go public, and people are agreeing with it, is that Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden are old friends from the Senate. They go back decades, they're on different sides of the aisle, but they're old school, you know, we go out for drinks afterwards, we're good friends, we just play the political games in, in the public eye. Hey, this is what I'm deciding to do. And this is Mitch McConnell speaking. Hey, Joe, this is what I'm deciding to do. I'm going to announce it tomorrow during your son's testimony up on the Hill. It's going to take some shade off of him. You know, it'll take some of the news cycle. And in return, when you look to throw knives at the Republicans for the budget deal, the deficit, Ukraine funding, Israel funding, and the border funding, Stick with that, what you're pushing now, that uh, bipartisan stuff coming out of the Senate, so I don't get any heat from it. My leadership doesn't get any heat from it. And the Senate Republicans don't get much heat from it. I, I think that conversation very much took place. And again, that's just my opinion. There is no reason when the top news cycle of the day was Hunter Biden was testifying on Capitol Hill, under oath, in a deposition, that Mitch McConnell out of nowhere comes out and says, hey, while that's going on, after he shows up for his testimony and the news cycles are going crazy, I'm stepping down for my leadership position. And all of a sudden, you've seen all the media pivot. 
Nothing in Washington happens by accident. You have to realize how Washington works. Nothing happens by accident. So that's my two cents. That's my opinion as someone who's been there and, and have known people that have been there and my views. And I think that that very much took place. And again, these two go back decades in the Senate. If you hear them talk about each other, they've never badmouthed each other. They've talked their politics, obviously, but they've never gone after each other with daggers out. They've never attacked each other. So I think this is, was a parting, hey, I'll give you some shade. You throw me some shade as we move forward in this process because I, I just don't want to leave leadership taking the blame for whatever is about to happen. The mere fact that those four were in there, the four, the big four that I talked about, with Joe Biden, this should have been a meeting yesterday between the Speaker of the House and the President of the United States, and that's that. Because the Speaker of the House holds the key to any deal, like it or not, because nothing gets done unless the House approves to it. So the Speaker should have weighed that and walked into that room instead of having Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, and a quiet little mouse and Mitch McConnell next to you ganging up three and four against one, it should have been a one-on-one, -on -one, hey, we both want this deal. You know I have to bring something back to my, to my constituencies in the, in the House. We're going to work this out, and you're going to tell Hakeem Jeffries, and you're going to tell Chuck Schumer this is what you're going to do. And we'll make this deal happen. That's how deals happen in Washington. But the mere fact that it was allowed that you had this gang-up session on the Speaker of the House. They all came out and said, well, the Speaker of the House and the Republicans, uh, they're the ones holding this up. They're the bad ones. They're the ones doing everything here. I'm sorry. They hold the key to getting anything done. So Democrats in the Senate, the president, need to play ball there as well. Now, I'm not saying either side's going to get, and I've said it to you all week, neither side's going to get whatever all they want, but there needs to be some of what they want on either side. So uh, that's the... Uh, that's the saying there. And again, Mitch McConnell, I'm glad to see him go. Where the leadership goes from here, who knows? There's a bunch of names being thrown out there in the Senate. It's going to be interesting to see how that works. It's going to be interesting to see how that moves forward. But um, the timing, and you have to know Washington, and you have to understand nothing in Washington happens by accident. Nothing. Nothing. Everything is planned, even if it's only one person who knew about it, and this would be Mitch McConnell, and I believe Joe Biden knew about it yesterday. There's no, there was no logical reason for him to come out today. I mean, he could have waited till yesterday and said the same thing. He could have waited till Friday and let it get buried in a news cycle, but I understand he wanted to give his big farewell speech. So do it on a Thursday, not a Friday dump where everybody's leaving town, and do the same thing. But to do it today, it was very purposeful. And a lot of people are speculating what that purpose was. The only other thing going on today was the Hunter Biden testimony in the same building on the other side of the aisle, on the other side of the, the chambers. So we have to take that for what it is. We have to understand that it's going to be interesting to see how this moves forward. What kind of leadership works in there? Do they work in step with the uh, Speaker of the House, Johnson? And there's going to be an uphill battle here. We hit a debt ceiling on Friday. Ukraine's not getting any funding unless something happens with the border.
there's going to have to be give and take here. And there was no give and take after that meeting with the big four at the White House. It was a gang up on the Speaker of the House to try and get him to tamp down Republicans that hold the key. I mean, I'm sorry. They, they, no deal gets done without them being involved in it. So there's going to have to be give and take on the Democrat side, just like there's going to have to be give and take on the Republican side. They're not going to get everything they want. But like I said, good starts are looking to bring H.R. 2 to the floor in the Senate and then add amendments for funding for Ukraine or get a standalone Ukraine bill or the bill that's sitting there right now with funding for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific with the fentanyl bill. Add that as an amendment to H.R. 2, and you have some ball to play. And then there's some give and take, modifying back and forth on each one. That's the way this works. But what you need to understand, again, and I can't stress it enough, nothing happens in Washington by accident. The fact that this announcement was made today when Hunter Biden was giving sworn testimony under oath on the Hill is very purposeful. Was there some sort of agreement between old friends Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden to say, hey, you know, I understand what your family's going through. I'm going to give you some shade, but here, you got to do the same to me and promise to, to have my back when this all goes, when this all hits the wall as far as us not being able to fund the government, Ukraine not getting its funding, the border continuing to be a mess. And that's just my two cents. And uh, we'll see how it works out as we move forward. You know, I got some calls already in the queue, and I'll get to you as soon as we get back. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio here at 326. Got some text messages. I'm going to get the phone calls in just a minute. I got some text messages. I think you very well could be right, but I think that's speculation, not opinion. No, it's my opinion. And yes, I'm speculating. So isn't it all opinions speculation? It's my guess. It's my educated opinion on what's going on. Now I'm speculating. That's the, that's the facts or not. So uh, kind of one in the same. Also got, so uh, so all drug addicts are scumbags. I was and am 14 years clean and sober. I also own my own painting business now. Everyone deserves a second chance, Rob. Absolutely. I was talking about a specific drug addict scumbag, one who buys illegal guns and throws them away near schools, fails to pay taxes, abuses women, and all sorts of things in there. So I, you know what I was talking about, and I wasn't lumping all drug addicts. I was talking about the drug addict Hunter Biden. And, yes, there's a whole baggage of information there that... Um, that goes along with it. Hey, listen, if he cleans his act up and, and his year's good, I mean, it just, there's, there's talk about it. He was just in rehab last week. So, uh, you know, is he really clean? Is he still a drug addict scumbag? Uh, it appears so. He's in a test, uh, uh, under oath deposition in front of Congress now. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, Somebody else says, excellent conspiracy theory. So opinion and speculation, my opinion, is a conspiracy theory simply because you don't like it, simply because you disagree with it. It's a conspiracy theory. It just goes your your lack of intellect because I'm sure everyone has their own different opinion here. Does that mean they're all conspiracy theorists? No, you just don't like what you're hearing. So it's simple as that. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Gary from Mill City on Mike Johnson. Gary. Rob, thanks for taking my call. Uh, great topic. I actually called about 10 congressmen today, Republicans, uh, Speaker Johnson's office, and he is the most powerful man in Washington right now. And personally, I believe 
his bottom line should be nothing gets done until we get a border security bill. Nothing. No spending bill Friday. Let it run out and let Joe Biden in the state of his union, let Joe Biden explain to the American people in prime time why the rest of the world is more important than our border and our country. I doubt he'll do that. In my opinion, it's time to stop the nonsense, stop the crazy spending, stop these uh, ominous bills where there's no budget, they just keep spending, and now is the perfect time to do it. And like I said, let Joe Biden explain why the rest of the world is more important than the United States of America. Thanks for taking my call. Now, Gary, I appreciate you calling in, and you're right, and I agree um, with a lot of what you said. And, and listen, I don't think anything should be passed without the border bill first. Uh, first and foremost, our border needs to be secure. We're the only nation in the world that doesn't have operational uh, control of our of our border. And it's what's funny. It's interesting. Let me see if I could get it up. Uh, U.S. rapper Ja Rule. Ja Rule is is a famous rapper. He's good music. I actually like some of his music was devastated after being denied entry into the U.K. for a tour. He spent hundreds of thousands of dollars promoting a tour in in England, Ja Rule and his rap group over there, and he was denied entrance into the U.K. because he has a criminal record. So if only America wouldn't let criminals in, right? If only America wouldn't do those things. Uh, and I'm all for funding for Ukraine with guardrails in place. I'm for funding to support Israel. I'm for funding for the Indo-Pacific. I'm for that fentanyl bill. But, and obviously, you know, us to fix our, our, our budget system and not these piecemeal every three months, you know, increasing the debt ceiling, increasing the debt ceiling, increasing the debt ceiling. But I think that discussion needs to start when we start securing our border. We put Remain in Mexico back in place. We start putting physical barriers up. We start putting the surveillance up. We start getting those Border Patrol agents back on the front lines rather than processing people and start sending ICE to our cities more and more and increase them to start getting these violent felons that we're seeing time and time again off the, off the streets. Let me go to uh, Elle from Wayne County on Mitch McConnell. Elle. Hi. Um, last week, um, there was, I think it was Scripps News I was listening to, and there was four people on the screen, and I recognized the one, and I really didn't know who the other three were, but the one was an African-American woman, which I didn't know who she was. She was basically saying that when McConnell leaves, and she said that, she said that when McConnell leaves, Johnson's going to be out, and Jeffrey's going to get the spot of the speaker. So she must have known something for her to come out and kind of say that. And I was like a little bit ticked. A lot of the stuff she was saying wasn't really accurate stuff. So well, I wasn't really I, I, thinking too much of what she said. To Elle, her, that's not inside you know? information. If you just look at Mitch McConnell over the past year, he, he's froze up. He's had many strokes and on live on TV multiple times. I mean, everyone knew he was out the door sooner or later, so it's not a... Um, uh, wherewithal, but there was no chatter of him stepping down from leadership, no chatter of him leaving now at this time. It was suspected that he might leave at the end of his term, and the mere fact he's staying in a leadership position till November uh, is even mind-boggling itself. Why announce it now if you plan on staying there to November? You're a lame duck. They need to get rid of him now as far well, as leadership also, position. 
this girl also went as far as saying that if if uh, the last time, what was the last speaker's name that went out? What was Mike his McCarthy. name? Kevin. Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy. Okay. He he basically went out because of uh, the hesitation on the debt. Okay. No, there was the Freedom she, Freedom Caucus that put triggers in place to get rid of him if he didn't follow conservative guidelines. And he didn't ask oh, for what okay. they well, wanted him to ask, and they forced him out. And they could do the same for uh, Speaker Johnson now, but they still have a few person majority. So Hakeem Jeffries, until they win a couple more elections, isn't becoming the Speaker anytime soon. Oh, okay, because that, that kind of was what what she was saying, that he will be. Well, come but, November, um, he might I, be. Coming November, there might be a different story if the GOP doesn't get their act together, which is why Rona McDaniels is, is out. Ellen, I'm going to have to leave it there. I'm up against a news I, break. I, okay, I just want to know one thing. What about Joe Biden? He's 81, and he went to Ro- Walter Reed for a visit for his annual And will And we'll hear everything's fine, and there'll be, there okay. was no cognitive testing. That's as simple yeah. as we'll get from yeah. there. Thanks, Al. It's uh, 3.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio on this Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Got some uh, text messages I want to hit. Uh, Rob, why should we, why, Rob, just why should American taxpayer be responsible for paying for the safety and security of other countries? Just what do we gain from it? I, I hear what you're saying. We do need to support and, and stand by our allies. I get that. But that does not mean we unconditionally just throw money at them. That does not mean we do not have guardrails on what we're going to do there. But we should be supporting our allies that we've promised to to look out for because th- that's just the way things work. What I, di- what I do want to bring up, though, as far as you bringing that up, and I'm glad you brought it up, is I posted this on my Facebook. If you're not following me on Facebook, Rob O'Donnell, this way you could read it for yourself because I just don't want you to hear it from me. I want you to hear it um, – See it and read it for yourself. This is according to the Kiel Institute's Ukraine support tracker. The United States has given $46.33 billion worth of bilateral military donations to the Ukrainian government. Now, that's not including economic aid and everything else, paying for their pensions and all the billions of dollars we've given them there. This is just $46.33 billion of bilateral military donations to the Ukrainian government. Those who believe that Europe has, in fact, been doing considerably more than America in terms of supporting civil society and humanitarian causes in Ukraine are missing a critical fact of accounting. Every dollar the United States has given to Ukraine has been in the form of a grant with no expectation of repayment. $65 billion of what European Union institutions have pledged to Ukraine in financial bilateral commitments, however are in fact loans. And this is what I mean about guardrails. We're giving money with no expectations to pay it back. We're supporting you. You are our ally. You're against someone we don't believe in, the Russian government, who's throughout history, well, modern history anyway, they were our ally at one point, goal to spread communism in, in, in your way of life, which we do not agree with. We are throwing money at Ukraine, and we've seen the abuses. We've seen the corruption there, which is why I mean guardrails. 
yes, we should help Ukraine defeat Russia. And they're not going to defeat Russia. We should help Ukraine come to a peaceful solution with Russia because that's what's going to happen here. There's no way, and anyone who says that Ukraine's going to defeat Russia is out of their mind. They'll be able to, at best, stop them with some loss. But for Europe, who's supposed to be so much afraid of, of Russia than we are, they're giving Ukraine loans that they expect to be paid back. We're basically paying Ukraine and giving them military equipment with no expectation of that, and they're probably using some of our money to pay back the European allies. It's a pyramid scheme. So yes, we should support them, but there should be guardrails. There should be expectations of what do we get out of it afterwards. Just like the Middle East was a total cluster. You know, I mean, it should be our, our biggest gas station, but it's not after everything we've done there. Um, there's no expectation of what we get back. We're not. We lost lives. That's what we got back. So that's uh, that's the discussion that's happening there. But you could read the full text on that on my Facebook page. That was just a small synopsis of it. But Europe, right, all these European nations around Russia that's supposed to be so afraid of Russia invading them and taking over are just giving Ukraine loans, an expectation to have the money given back. I'm sure it had interest. We're just giving our money, our taxpayer money, giving it and military equipment and depleting our own military assets in, in, the, in, the, in the process. So, yes, I agree we should be helping our allies not before we secure our own border. That should be priority number one. We should handle our own debt crisis, and then we should look about what we're going to give Ukraine, what kind of guardrails there are, and what's the expectation that some of that gets paid back as we move forward. Again, just my take, not a conspiracy theory, just my take. And uh, that's why America's great, right? Because we're all allowed to have those. It's 342 here at WILK. We'll be back. Hey, you're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 58 degrees, just saying cloudy now. Hopefully that rain's lightened up a little bit. 346 on this Wednesday, February 28th. Let's go to a little something a little local. I mean, we're going to bounce it around, so we'll be back to those topics, uh, no doubt. And you can call or text 570-883-0098. Lawmakers rally for a medical debt relief here in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania lawmakers rallied at the Capitol on Tuesday to erase outstanding medical debt for thousands of residents. House Bill 78 would create a new program in the Department of Health that would discharge debt for residents living at or below 400% the poverty level or up to 60240 for a single person and uh, $124,800 for a family of four. Obligations totaling 5% or more of a person's income would also qualify under the program. The sad reality is that Pennsylvanians, there are in Pennsylvania, there are over a million people who have medical debt in collections, said Representative Tariq Khan, de- Democrat in Philadelphia, one of the bill's co-sponsors. Khan's a nurse practitioner, noted that the issue of medical debt is a hard conversation to have with most patients. One in two Pennsylvanians have medical debt, while one in three struggle to pay their medical bills. One out of every two has delayed medical care because of their debt. Medical debt do, uh, does not discriminate, said Representative Bridget Kurzorowski, Democrat in Scranton, who was also a nurse. She described seeing patients come in and out of the operating room with diseases that could have been managed 
or even prevented if patients had been avoid uh, have hadn't been avoiding care because of existing debt. Khan has noted that nearly 60% of people with medical debt do have insurance. Maggie Lynn, a Springfield resident, said during Tuesday's news conference that the obligation reached every corner of her life. My medically induced financial instability had a ripple effect which trickled down to impact my family relationships as I found myself increasingly reliant on their support. Medical debt is sold at a cost of one cent on the dollar for collections. This means that they can buy the debt cheaply and then demand repayment with interest. House Bill 78 would allow the state to be able to buy itself the debt. Josh Shapiro plans on buying $4 million in debt, which could discharge $400 million for residents across the state. This has already been done in Pittsburgh, where they... Uh, had a $1 million investment and eliminated $115 million in debt for 24,000 residents. And that was a state issue in Pittsburgh. It's a good idea, $400 million, $4 million to get rid of $400 million in debt. I would like to see the funding from this come from fines that the state levies on medical practitioners, lawsuits, a fee on lawsuits for medical malpractice and other issues as far as the medical community, insurance issues as far as medical insurance where the state fines the insurance carriers. I would like to see that offset by that kind of money. And that's the thinking we need in Harrisburg. I'm all for wiping out someone's debt, especially at a penny on the dollar. But the money to pay for that $4 million should be coming from somewhere like the medical community itself. Time for the Bloomberg. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Wednesday, February 28th on WILK News Radio. Three to six on your weekday afternoon drive. Talking about a whole bunch of stuff going on. And we we need to talk about this debt ceiling that we're going to hit on uh, this shutdown that's looming on Friday. Lawmakers in Washington, D.C. And, and this is how it's faced to you. And you have to realize how disingenuous they are as politicians, as people. that How do we vote these these people in? To, to represent us. I mean, I, I wouldn't let them represent a, um, you know, a parking spot out in the parking lot. Nevertheless, uh, our government. But lawmakers in Washington, D.C. face a partial government shutdown as the deadline this week and another separate shutdown early next week. Setting up for a chaotic Congress and frantic deal-making or lack thereof before Friday. Here's where you need to pay attention. President Joe Biden brought congressional leaders to the White House Tuesday where he urged them to secure a deal to keep the government open that includes funding for Ukraine, Israel, and Gaza. No, that has nothing to do with keeping our government open. None of that. None of that has anything to do with the debt ceiling. Yes, it's, it's financially related, but none of that has to do with the con constitutional duty for them to fund the government. Funding for Ukraine, Israel, and Gaza is a want. Funding our government is a need. It's a law. The fact that they're mixing the two shows who you how unserious they are from the get, and that's including President Joe Biden. We've got to figure out how we're going to keep funding the government, which is an important problem, an important solution we need to find, Biden said at the meeting. 
going on to say that the need to fund Ukraine is urgent and not doing so would be dire. No, you're wrong again, Mr. President. I'm sorry. Maybe somebody forgot. Maybe you forgot. Maybe somebody forgot to tell you. Maybe it wasn't written on your cue cards. Funding Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, the Indo-Pacific, wherever you want to fund is a want. The fact that you said we have to figure out how to keep funding our government, which is an important problem. No, it's not an important problem. It's the law. You are mandated to fund the government. That's why it shuts down. But they tie it with the political things, these other issues, to drag it on, to cause it an issue. No, fund the government. Then let's secure the border. Then we could talk about all these wants you have. Because, you know, securing our border is also a law that you seem to be ignoring. They seem to um, forget these things. Biden called on lawmakers to provide funds to replenish Israel's missile defense system and for humanitarian aid for Gaza, where thousands have died amid Israel's response to October 7th attacks by Hamas terrorists on Israeli civilians. And so, and government funding, I'm sure you guys have have all that all it takes care of, Biden said, jokingly. Jokingly? Our government's shutting down on Friday. A larger portion of it's shutting down next week. And he's saying things jokingly? But in all kidding aside, I think that it's Congress's responsibility to fund the government. No, no, it's not their responsibility. It's a mandate. We've got to get about doing it. Shutting down would be, damage our economy significantly. And I think we all agree that that and we all need a bipartisan solutions. No kidding. No kidding. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Lee from Scranton on Biden. Lee. Well, here's my here's my question for you, Rob. Um, look, at, allegedly the court, the Supreme Court's deciding whether a president has immunity while he's president after he leaves the office. So my question is, all these young, well, not young people, but you know, the lady in Georgia that got killed, the lady, the young girl that was killed, uh, that was 16 years old and a cheerleader, and her mother found her raped and dead in the bathtub. Um, all these murders that are taking place by illegal people who crossed our border. So my question is, when Joe Biden leaves the White House and he's no longer president, why can't we prosecute him for not living up to his obligation to secure the border since he went into office with a secure border, removed all the safeguards, left millions and millions of people cross our border? I mean, when you take a look at this, it took the Irish 62 years for about 11 million of them to come into the country. He allowed, well, what they say from between 8 and 10 million illegal people to come across our border and gave everybody a waiver. So why can't we take him into court, prosecute him, take his assets, like his, his mansion in Delaware, all his money, everything he owns and put him in jail after he leaves the White House. Now that that precedent is set, the, the members of these victims' families can very well, very well much do that because they've set a precedent now to do that. They've set that. They can cause a wrongful death lawsuit saying that by Joe Biden's policies, his personal negligence in this situation, and my because that's the rules that are set up now. 
So, yeah, you are going to see that, Lee. You're going to see it moving forward because they've set a course of action now. They've set a, a chart of rules that they cannot live by, and they do it time and time again. It's the one mistake Democrats make time and time over again. And you're going to see it moving forward. I said it about prosecuting the Biden family when he's out of office. He's going to be too far dead and gone and, and too old to do anything to. But there's going to be other people that won't be, and they're going to pay the price. Be it Kamala Harris, be it uh, uh, Secretary Mayorkas, be it whoever was negligent in causing this manufactured crisis everyone could agree on that well the other thing rob is well, it's four o'clock i got afghanistan i got eight seconds so okay uh, thanks for your time lee i appreciate I it thank you